Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. For our 35th episode, we have a Full Court Press first, but what is it? There's a female on the show for the first time. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. This is going to be a revolutionary episode. Alright, boys and girls, today I'm joined by the first female guest in Full Court Press history, Miss Tinley Kane. On today's episode, the Warriors sweep the Blazers, LeBron starts recruiting, and our baseball team square off again. We begin today with the Toronto Raptors winning three straight games. Led by Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors have overcome defying odds to take a 3-2 lead, frustrating likely MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo in the process. Tinley, Game 6 of this series is tonight. Who do you have winning? I mean, in all honesty, Liam, the Western Conference is the real, real winner here. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the Raptors killing it right now. I see them coming in clutch and closing the series, and with all this momentum they have going. So, you're saying the Raptors are going to win? I mean, why not? I, I agree with you 100%. I think that the Toronto Raptors are going to defend home court tonight. And despite my not being able to watch the game, because I'll be at another game, more on that later, I will be keeping close tabs on it. And the Raptors role players are starting to come through. We've seen guys like Gasol and Siakam come through in ways that we didn't in the Philly series, which is why that series went to seven. And Kyle Lowry has stepped it up. Three weeks ago, DJ Nussbaum and I we're very critical of him, and he's responded to our criticism well. So, Toronto's winning tonight. Golden State-Toronto in the finals. Of course. I see it happen. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> well, the Raptors came into play, and so did the Warriors. Despite not having Kevin Durant or DeMarcus Cousins, the Warriors cruised to a 4-0 sweep over the Trailblazers. Steph Curry has gone back into MVP mode, Liam. So do you see any chance the Warriors losing in the finals? So you mentioned it earlier how the Western Conference is the real winner here and how the Golden State Warriors are probably going to win. But there is a chance that they're going to lose. Their last game was, hold on, Monday. Their last game was Monday, and they're not playing again until Thursday, so the Golden State Warriors are going to have had a week and a half off before they play their next game, and I'm going to sound crazy here, but I believe that the four top four teams in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston, are better than the top four teams in the Western Conference. I would take all four of those teams in a seven-game series over Denver and Portland, maybe not Houston. So, the Warriors have a big chance of losing in the finals, particularly without Durant, especially they don't have home court advantage either. So, there's definitely a chance Golden State does not win. Mm, I see I see what you say with that. I mean, I kind of agree a little bit, but overall, I just think that the Warriors have the better lineup. I mean, and you're right, they do, but... Kevin Durant's hurt, DeMarcus Cousins is hurt, so I don't believe that either of them will be at 100%. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that Kevin Durant does not play at all in the, this series. Interesting. Alright, well, the Warriors have a lot of pending free agents, so things are going to get interesting. Speaking of free agency, LeBron James has reportedly been in contact with Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving, among others, about free agency. The Lakers are coming off a rather disappointing season, so, Tim Lee, do you think it's smart for the LeBron to reach out to these All-Stars? I mean, why wouldn't he want to be in contact with them? I don't think LeBron is enjoying it too much that he has to be watching the playoffs off of the TV rather than being in the playoffs. 
It all depends on what LeBron truly wants. Does he desire to live up to his high standards everyone puts him in, or does he want to play, or does he want to lay low with basketball and call it a quits? All in all, the NBA is more enjoyable to watch when LeBron is actually competing. So, you make an interesting point about how LeBron's sitting on his couch right now, watching the playoffs, rather than actually playing in them. I mean, this is a man that had been to eight straight finals, and then he goes from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, and doesn't even make the playoffs, so... I think it's very smart for LeBron to get in contact, and I ultimately think one free agent, whether it be Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, or Kawhi Leonard, or even Klay Thompson, free agency preview in four weeks, don't miss it. So, yeah, it'll be quite an, it'll be, I firmly believe this is going to be the craziest offseason in NBA history. I firmly believe that. It will be interesting. I mean, after him seeing the Lakers, it just like... It wasn't for him, honestly. So I think him being a free agent and with all this conversation, this will be an interesting thing for him. I mean, you said him not enjoying it with the Lakers, but it's his fault. It's it, it really is. It's his fault that Magic Johnson left. It's his fault that Luke Walton's gone, whom, despite the recent accusations, and that's, I wouldn't be surprised to see him coaching. I wouldn't be surprised to see him never coach again. I don't believe he was a terrible coach, and... I personally don't think he should coach again, given the recent accusations, but it's it's all going to fall on LeBron. I've said it for weeks and weeks. It's all LeBron James' fault. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, there's even speculation about trading LeBron. I can't... I, I don't believe that at all. There's speculation, but it's not going to happen. I mean, speaking of speculation about trading, the New York Jets are a mess about head coach Adam Gase has caused speculation about trading Le'Veon Bell. Bell is signed with the Jets after holding out all of last season. Liam, is there any chance Bell gets traded? I mean, well, I'm a firm believer in the phrase once said on my favorite TV show as a kid, Phineas and Ferb, nothing is impossible but impossibility. But there is a, not a large chance because the New York Jets knew what they were doing in taking on this attention-seeking superstar running back who just sat out the whole year and Quite frankly, I don't believe he'll be his old self next year after sitting out an entire season. So, there is a small chance that Le'Veon Bell gets traded, but ultimately, I don't really think there is a giant chance. Like, the odds of Le'Veon Bell getting traded are far lower than the odds of Anthony Davis getting traded. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't see as to why Bell gets traded. He's one of the greatest running backs in the league. And the Jets don't have anyone that compares to him. So if he gets traded, it's a major loss for the team, not him. And I'm going to be honest with you. I would never want Le'Veon Bell on my team after all what happened this year. I would never. I don't like big personalities like Le'Veon Bell or Odell Beckham Jr. Or I'm even going to compare him to your boy, Alex Bregman. I would oh. never... I would never want those big, celebratory, attention-seeking personalities on my team. We don't, we don't do that in Boston. Okay, okay, we keep it classy, I see. <laughs> yeah. It never hurts to brag a little bit. Pardon? It never hurts to brag a little bit. Oh, um, man. Oh, well, it can. How Bregman bragging in the LCS working out, work out. Uh, <laughs> and I, I do love seeing things tumble with the New York Jets even more, though. I'm not going to lie. Now, here's something you should have quite a bit to say about. Your oh. boy, George Springer, is headed to the IL, not DL, excuse me, with leg issues. Springer leads the AL in home runs and joins fellow Astro Jose Altuve on the IL. How big of a loss is this for the, Houston, 
for one of the best teams in baseball thus far, Houston Astros. Oh, yeah, it is a pretty interesting topic to say the least. Don't get me wrong, Liam, losing two major components of Houston's team will cause some effects, but I think the guys will find a way to work out with it. I mean, with this team, most of them play multiple positions and are willing to adjust to any circumstance. Altuve will return will return shortly and be back into the groove of things without a doubt. Springer, on the other hand, uh, faces the rest of the season out, potentially, and the guy was in the running for an all-time MVP season, so this should be an interesting thing. I mean, yeah, falls out for Houston. You made an interesting point about how Springer and Altuve are two major components, but the Astros have, like, 50 major components, because... I feel like every single player on that team is or has all-star potential. I mean, you've got Correa, who, when healthy, has been one of the best shortstops in the league. You've got, as I mentioned earlier, Alex Bregman, who, with all that personality and flair, is quite the quite the third baseman, I'm not going to lie. You've got Josh Reddick, the king of the woos, as they call him. You've got Michael Brantley, one of the most underrated free agent signings in history. And don't get me started with that pitching staff. Verlander, Jared Cole, and that... That 8-9 inning crew, Presley and Asuna, was just amazing. I'm surprised the Red Sox got two runs off of them last night. So, the Astros are going to be fine, because they have so many, because they're so stacked. They're almost like the Golden State Warriors of baseball, but they're beatable. Uh, it's really true, I see that point. I mean, it's just like losing the heart of the team with George Springer being out. It's just going to change the feel of things a little bit, I think. But I mean... You're going to be playing without the hearts and heart, heart, George Springer and soul, Jose Altuve of your team. So, ultimately, I think that, yep, confirmed, George Springer to IL. Just got it from Bleacher Report. Springer's, I mentioned how he led the AL in home runs, and I, want, I wonder where the power is going to come from. Especially, David Price tonight, no easy task. Yeah, that's really true. So, we'll see how this overall ends up tonight. Big game. Yeah, it's a huge game. And speaking of games, it is time to play the most game, where a word will be placed after the word most, and we will debate categories in sports that apply to the phrase. Today's phrase is most overrated, which was the first most game we ever did on the show. We'll start with this. Most overrated pending NBA free agent. Can be anybody. In my opinion, I think Kyrie Irving is the most overrated out of all of these free agents. Don't get me wrong, the guy is an amazing basketball player. But with his excessive amount of injuries, it's just never a guarantee he can stick it out a whole season. It's best if teams look for a guy who can withstand a whole season long-term rather than a guy who can fall out and only play a handful of games. Okay, I love how you're saying Kyrie Irving is overrated. I am going to be fully honest in saying I want him out of Boston, but I disagree with you. I believe that the most overrated NBA, pending NBA free agent is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a guy who, in Chicago, got had, had a 2-0 lead on the top-seeded Celtics two years ago now, and then they blew the lead, losing the next four games, and his presence was noticeable, noticeable in Minnesota, uh, but with all the chaos that, has hap- that happened there as a result of his arrival, I mean, you don't want a guy like Jimmy Butler bullying the young guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, so... It's another one of those over-excessive personalities that I would never want on my team. And for that reason, I'm saying Jimmy Butler is by far the most overrated impending free agent in the NBA. And I can't imagine having him in a Celtics uniform. 
I yeah, uh, I could I see your point with that. I mean, it was a little tough deciding between Kyrie Irving or Jimmy Butler for me, but in the end, I chose Kyrie. Yeah, and I don't blame you. You made you made excellent points. I I would love to see Kyrie Irving go to the Knicks or Lakers and screw things up with those franchises even more. Honestly, yeah, I see that. I think he needs a change, so we'll see how that ends up. Boston okay. needs a change too. <laughs> Next up, most overrated NBA player. Oh, we're going right into this. Straight up NBA player. All right. So, I. Who? Yeah, this is tough because I'm about to anger a lot of fa- people listening to this by saying the most overrated player in the NBA lives in my city. James Harden of the Houston Rockets is by far the most overrated player in the NBA. That look on your face says it all. How many big time playoff games has James Harden come up in? Two years ago, in Game 5 of the Western Conference Semifinals, James Harden had a chance to tie the game and send the game to double overtime, but he got blocked by a 40-year-old man. The man averages 36 points a game. Kobe was 100% correct in saying that the Rockets cannot win a championship with him. I firmly believe James Harden is the most overrated player in the NBA. How weird. Okay, I was literally going to decide between two Houston's players. So it was between James Harden, but I chose uh, Chris Paul, actually. So I think he's a little bit overrated. I mean, when the Rockets needed him most against the Warriors, he couldn't come in clutch and make something happen. Paul just isn't in his prime anymore. And if he's pushed past his limit, he evidently gets injured, letting his team down. So I honestly, I see both of them being really overrated. I mean, you're right. We've seen the Rockets get knocked out by the Golden State Warriors four times in the past five years. Chris Paul was supposed to be the man that changed that, and I know you can make you can make the excuse that if he hadn't hurt his hamstring two, a year ago, they would have won. But the Warriors didn't have Iguodala, who has proven himself to be very important for the Warriors in the last four games of that series. So I don't believe that would have been the case if both teams were fully healthy. So. You're right. Both of them are extremely overrated. Oh, it just sucks that they're both on the same team. <laughs> two, yeah, two more big personalities right there. That's becoming a recurring theme. It ne- is, kind of. Next up, most overrated NFL wide receiver. Big personalities. I, I honestly, so you mentioned him earlier, but I think OBJ, hands down. The guy is has ridiculous amount of talent, but his mentality just isn't where it needs to be. With all of his issues with the Giants, it's best he moves on. So let's see how he handles himself with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. So I was actually discussing this with two of my buddies last night after coming home from the from the Astros game, and we all came to a unanimous decision that it's Julio Jones. Julio Jones gets lots of attention from the media because of his couple of good seasons, but he hasn't really been that big-time wide receiver lately. I mean, I know he racks up yards, but he's not scoring touchdowns like the big guys are. Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and OBJ, two out of three of them are big personalities, unlike Julio. But Julio, they all score touchdowns, and Julio does not. And if you want to win football games, you have to score touchdowns. And Julio Jones is not doing that for the Atlanta Falcons. Hence, he's the most overrated NFL wide receiver. So, are we going with personalities? Are we, like, going away from that a bit? Because Julio Jones doesn't really have that... Yeah, I mean, you're right. Julio Jones does not have that personality, but he's still overrated. Last one, most overrated Golden State Warrior. 
I think there are quite a few, but for me, the clear, undeniable answer is Draymond Green. Draymond, he wasn't an all-star this year, but Draymond Green was an all-star in 2017 and 2018 when, quite honestly, he didn't deserve to be. He put up stat. He's put he put up stats similar to that of Lonzo Ball in 2017, and people were absolutely bashing on Lonzo Ball, but people were praising Draymond Green. What what? How? So, and plus, we've seen Draymond Green excel in big time moments, especially particularly in 2015. But he got so many technicals in the 2016 playoffs that he had to miss Game Five of the NBA Finals, in which that prompt sparked the Cavs' 3-1 comeback. So, I believe that Draymond Green is more of a hindrance than a help, and I believe that it wouldn't be surprised to see him leave Golden State. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised to see him go anywhere else, because, quite frankly, I don't think most people would want him on their team. I see that. I see that. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball right here. Honestly, it. I think Steve Kerr. I mean, even though he's not a player, Steve the Steve Kerr. Of the coach is unnecessary when you literally have a team of all-stars. I mean, his coaching ability isn't what makes the team unbelievable. It's the players who perform to their ability and show out every game. Wow. that you, You're right. That did throw me for a curveball. And you make an interesting point. I mean, Steve Kerr was gifted with the talent that is Stephen Curry. And here's an interesting stat for you. In the 2015 finals, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were both hurt. When they won in 2017, Kawhi was hurt for the whole, almost all of the Western Conference Finals. He got hurt in the third quarter of Game 1 at a point in which the Spurs were up by 20 on the road. And last year, Chris Paul was hurt for Game 6 and 7. So who knows whether or not the Golden State Warriors would be considered a dynasty if they didn't have to go through a bunch of injury-driven teams. Exactly. I mean, it's not the coach who makes the team. You're... You're honestly very much right. I mean, Brad Stevens is supposed to sort out the Celtics. How'd that turn out? Okay, it's time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. 84 years ago today, May 25th, Jesse Owens had his legendary 45 minutes in which he broke or equaled four world records. This is regarded as the greatest 45 minutes in sports. Four years ago, Monday, May 27th, the dynasty that is... The Golden State Warriors officially began. The Warriors won their first of now five consecutive Western Conference championships and are gearing out to play for their fourth title in five seasons. Steph Curry's the culture changer over there. 35 years ago, on Wednesday, May 29th, the Red Sox recognized one of the greatest to play the game, retiring Ted Williams, number nine. The most recent player did 400. Williams' greatest achievement did not come on the baseball field. It was his serving during World War II in the Korean War. Four years ago, Friday, May 31st, uh, at 92 years and 65 days young, Harriet Thompson became the wisest woman to ever complete a marathon running it in San Diego. Oh my girl god. That, that's girl power right there. I hope I'm still, I hope I'm still running marathons at 92 years old. And with... Yeah. And with that, the show almost, show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We'll start with this. Tomorrow at 12.10 Central, the Rays visit the Indians. Tinley, will the Rays pull out the victory on the road? It's a good chance of them for winning with Martin pitching. As good as he is, the Indians aren't much of a powerhouse team, so I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, you're right, because I believe that ever since their 2016 season in the World Series, when they blew that 3-1 lead, the Cleveland Indians have declined, and 
quite frankly, I think the Tampa Bay Rays are a very underrated team this year. And it wouldn't and it wouldn't surprise me to see them make the playoffs and potentially play a threat to the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees or even the Houston Astros. So I think the Tampa Bay Rays will win this game. I don't want them to because the Red Sox need to catch up, but Tampa Bay will win. Alright, next up in the potential NL playoff preview, the Phillies visit the Brewers tomorrow at 1. And Liam, who do you think is going to take this victory? Oof. I believe that the Milwaukee Brewers have the best player in baseball in Christian Yelich. Well, maybe not in baseball, but right now in Christian Yelich. I believe that the Phillies' supposed savior, Bryce Harper, the $330 million man, is not playing up to his money at the moment. And for that reason, I believe that Milwaukee's going to win. It's in Milwaukee, too. So, And guys like Kane and Moustakis have been coming through lately from Milwaukee. So it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be close, but Milwaukee's going to win. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love my man Bryce Harper, but he's just not really impressing me lately with him going to Philadelphia. So I personally think Milwaukee's going to win it. Yep, Milwaukee. All right, last one. If you know, If you know what this is, Good job. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. Tonight at six ten, I'll be at the game. Astros Red Sox. David Price versus Brad Peacock. Tinley, I think there's about a ten percent chance you guys homer off David Price. What's the percent chance you guys win? I mean, just depends which Brad Peacock shows up tonight. I mean, we can be up by four runs by the end of the fourth, or down seven in the first. The team is in low spirits with the loss of the heart of the team, George Springer. So, we honestly should see which team and which pitcher shows up tonight. Yeah, you make an interesting case about which pitcher's going to show up tonight because David Price is, I mean, let's just put it like this. The Red Sox pitching staff has been extremely inconsistent this year, and we saw Chris Sale pitch well last night, but four errors cost him two runs. And if it weren't for those two runs, the Red Sox might have won that game because they ended up scoring three as a whole. I do think that the... Red Sox offense will be rejuvenated against Brad Peacock after not managing a hit with runners in scoring position. So, do you think the Astros are going to win? Oh, Yankees are now tied. Uh, honestly, I'm not too sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, I want them to win, but it's just going to be so different without a couple of people not being there tonight. And I don't know if Brad Peacock can throw another good game like he did. Yeah, and particularly against the Red Sox. You remember ALDS Game 3 what, in 2017, the one game we won. He didn't make it out of the third inning. Exactly. I mean, he's got to be throwing serious tonight. He's got to be throwing serious like Wade Miley was last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, clean, let's clean it up right here. Presley, starting another scoreless streak soon? I don't know if he's going to be able to make it 40 straight appearances again, but he's nasty. You're right. You're right. And witnessing MLB history come to an end, I was at the game last night, was quite cool. Yes. Well, folks, that's all we have for today. Thank you for having me, Liam. And I'm Tinley Kane. Oh, thank you. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to give another huge thank you to Tinley for being my guest today, and thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.